Welcome to the family with Hackmaster Ralph Toy Basham, MD. Alex Bernard Rasmussen. Catherine Brandt. And sitting in for Andy, Cassie Schrader. We will be right back. A little news and a couple of great guests later on in the hour, right after this. Tom here for my friends at Walzer Automotive Group with some exciting news. Walzer's rolling out Walzer Care on new and most used cars they sell in Minnesota. Well, Walzer Care is a powertrain warranty with coverage for 10 years or 150,000 miles. Powertrain coverage is like major medical coverage for your car. Engines, transmissions, all the really expensive stuff is covered. In addition, Walzer Care includes 24-hour roadside assistance. Lock your keys in your car, run out of gas, have a flat tire. Guess what? Walzer has your back. The best thing about Walzer Care, it's free with purchase. That's right, I said free. So, if you're shopping for a new or used Subaru, Honda, Nissan, Mazda, Toyota, Buick, GMC, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, Hyundai, or Chevrolet, see my friends at Walzer and get Walzer Care for free. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. So what's the latest? The well, latest is we're representing people who are injured through no fault of their own. Uh, people come to us, we talk to them about what their rights are. We talk to them about things that, you know, adjusters would call them up and ask them about. And we represent people in order to get them justice for the injured. And have been for a long time. Very, very successful. No question. I, I, you know, I do meet a lot of your clients. They come up to me on the street and whatever, and they talk about this, that, or the other thing. And they both say... Why do you guys hang out with Doug Sprinthal? <laughs> and I just had no answer. For <laughs> he just looks away, you big baby. In any case, that's the whole deal. So people, they got any problem whatsoever, personal injury or other legal problems, whatever, they just reach out to Brad, Sean, Bryant. Yeah, Joe and I have both been president of the trial lawyers for the state. So we talk to people about all sorts of issues. The consultation is always free, and that's what we do. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean, Bryant. Just gesture. Just, I just bodily, rewatched bodily, Bohemian Rhapsody. God, that's such a good movie. It's, it's a really a good, good movie. movie. I saw it three times in theaters. Mm-hmm. Couldn't watch it. Really? It's so good. Tom would rather have his spleen removed. No, I couldn't watch it because because my friend Donnie died of AIDS, and I didn't want to watch that again. Well, what's good about the well, he movie, doesn't, though, they don't really Yeah, he doesn't really, yeah, he no. doesn't really, really die. He doesn't like, wither away or anything. He gets no. diagnosed, and then they play for live aid, and then it's over. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so. but it's it's still the. It's still sad. <laughs> it's, it's still sad. I mean, yes, it's sad, but it's not like they it's show not, him. It's not about dying. Him dying of no, it, no, no, no. His his, his no. It, I disagree. I disagree okay. completely. Is that you go to see a movie like that, and you know that the guy died from AIDS, and he's showing him his lifestyle, which gave him AIDS, whether oh, it was yeah. the promiscuity or it was the IV drug use. That's sad. That's too sad for me. I don't need to, you know, just because he didn't die, we didn't see him wither away, and you know, you know, you know. An extremist taking his last breath. No, it's sad. It's just sad. I don't watch that stuff. Period. Yeah, his life was kind of a disaster. You yeah. think? Yeah, so he, he had, was, and, he and had no one loved him. He was he was searching for someone to love him. That's one of his songs that he his he was, was he looked, mean to looked, him. Well, whatever. But he couldn't find anybody. He never felt found the satisfaction of a true partner, someone who really loved them unconditionally. That's sad. So do you want me to continue how sad that movie was? Well, he actually, actually said at the end that he Toward did. the end of his life, yeah. he did find a, a man that he really connected with. And okay. but he, that, had, he had the love of his life, Mary, who right. he was going to yeah. marry her, and he, he loved her till the day he died. Yeah. He left part of his estate to her and everything. He just, he 
he loved her, but he wasn't totally sexually attracted to her because she wasn't a man, but he uh, cared for so her. So there you go. Continued. Yeah. Sad. Mm-hmm. That's continued <laughs> confusion sad. and sadness. It's layer upon layer upon layer upon yeah, layer of sadness and tragedy. Mm-hmm. I can't take it. I don't, yeah, I I don't care what anybody's. I can't take I, that stuff. I, I agree. It's very too sad for me. Poor soul. A guy, guy, you know, he, maybe it was difficult for him to admit that he was gay, to completely accept that and embrace that in the greatest way. But he—that's a sadness, and I cannot take it. I, I cannot take Rocket those. Man things. was worse for depression. Yeah, uh, I couldn't even man think was, of that yeah. one. Same well, thing. Freaking the one with Lady Gaga and Brad Cooper. Oh, oh Jesus! Most depressing <laughs> movie I've ever seen in my life. Everybody's like, it was fantastic. I'm like, that was the saddest that, effing uh, thing I've ever watched. The 85th version of that movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What was yeah. going to stop releasing Love? that? Star is born. And that I thought movie felt like it was story. six hours long. I'm like, when is this? Yeah, are we hitting the end? Are we hitting the climax of the movie? Oh Come God, on, let's go. So no. Alex. Sad. What? I got a message from Darkness Dave okay. that we're supposed to watch Vast. What's Vast of Deference? Night. Vast of Night. Yes. Yeah, Vast Deference. Yeah. <laughs> supposed to watch somebody, somebody get Somebody's their getting thing a, chopped. Yes, Dave and I Vasectomy. watched Vast of Night. It's on Amazon Prime. It's on Amazon Prime. It's very Twilight Zone. But I heard it's kind of oh, it's scary like without Zone. being suckwad. Yeah, it's not like, it's like I'm a suspenseful scare. Suckwad. Like, what is going to happen next? And it's... It, there's not a lot it's very real life like you're following this people with a camera so it's not this grandiose like uh-huh. fakey stuff and it just and it deals with um, a high school student and a guy a local radio guy and they are discovering weird anomalies going on and I don't want to spoil it for anybody but at the end they figured out what's going on but it, if you like twilight zone you will like fast of night see we should watch that alex all right is it, is it blair witch trialish are you saying no, someone no, falling no, no. around okay. it's not like that it's just, i hate blair witch it's I just not that. like the it's not Shake the camera yeah it just feels like you're there <laughs> with them trying to figure this out it's not like this right. grandiose like over the top you know, jump scare stuff. It's just very Twilight Zone. So, <laughs> I, I think I think it's a Blair Witch Project, and then I think of the uh, Saturday Night Live skit. Mm-hmm. We need more cowbell. <laughs> we need more camera shaking. Yeah, yeah. I got a fever. <laughs> got the only prescription is cowbell. more cowbell. Oh god! I feel like we're living in the Twilight Zone right yes. now. It does feel like I, that, doesn't it's it? So surreal. We it's are weird. living in the Twilight Zone. Something's happening. It's all happened. true. All right, we got a new one for Doc again. Doc's in the, in the house, so uh, here we go. WHO now is telling the truth finally. Well, they kind of were forced to. <laughs> yeah, they probably. Oh, yeah. Official WHO official suggests it's very rare for disease to spread from person to person. Asymptomatic debate. They say, remember they said, even if you're asymptomatic, you could give it to someone else? Yeah. It's extremely rare that that happens. The who said this? Yes. So, the band, how much right? of this? The yes. Is. Yeah, it was Roger Daltrey. As <laughs> Roger with Daltrey. everything in the world, when there's a brand new pandemic, instead of pretending that they know what's going on and that they've got all these facts, they need to just wait and I figure something more. out. I know. Couldn't agree more. You know, I mean, I so, agree with the, you know, the, the travel bans and the social distancing. That 
probably was the smartest thing to do in the whole in the first place. Except for travel bans, maintain social distancing, and they put us all in first class right next to one another. <laughs> Australia. Like, what the uh, hell? Australia apparently did close their borders New right Zealand. away. New, New Zealand? Zealand. I thought yeah. it was Australia no, too. New Zealand. Well, maybe Australia did too. Like Taiwan. Si- Taiwan did. Yeah, like six too, months, yeah. six months of nobody's coming in, nobody's going out, right. and, and they're they're like done with it. Well, it's that picture I sent you earlier today because the news put out social distance, like outdoor gatherings up to twelve people. <laughs> that is very but funny. Protests oh, yeah, yeah. can be up to a hundred people. So somebody per responded. Per square foot. <laughs> I'm having a protest in my backyard. We'll be grilling and arguing and having a good time. Bring your own topic. You can be mad about. <laughs> I know. I texted, Bring a sign. I texted that to my to Dan's family and I said, "Protest in your at your pool. At Protest your pool. in your church." Oh, speaking of that, by the way. Alexandra. That's me. GVCC pool opens this weekend. It does. It We're opens coming on, for a it swim. It opens on the day before Sagey's birthday. It opens up on Friday. Yep. Maybe we'll have to do a pool day for Sagey's birthday. <gasps> He'd love that. Really? Yeah. I thought birthday. we were getting together Friday. Well, but if the pool's open and we do a pool birthday day. Well, I'll talk to Dan. Pool birthday day. Let me know, but apparently Golden Valley is going to be available for dining, I think, on the, what did they say, the 15th of June. For social distancing? For eating inside or outside? Inside. Oh, it's it's already open for outside, right? Yeah, Yeah, I think they're opening up dining rooms on... Tomorrow. 50% capacity, 50% capacity. Next Monday is when most places that are doing it are opening. Well, we're opening Barrio, I know, uh, a week from tomorrow. Two weeks from tomorrow, excuse I've been, me. I've been dying for a nice taco. A nice taco. <laughs> yeah. like, how and about that? Valley the chips and Cosmo. dip. How about that, actually? A Golden Valley Cosmo. Yeah, they do make a nice So taco. they are opening up the, uh, the but, but again, the good thing about a GV, the great thing about 50% occupancy is that's about how many people go there at once anyway. Yeah, dinner that's there true. is never, like, uh. packed and crazy. Especially it's if always, you go early. It's like the yeah. shining in there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like we have to shining. eat with the kids at 5, <laughs> 5 o'clock, 5.30, so nobody's ever there. When's yeah. Portello's opening so we can go over there with darkness? I don't know. I'm, I'm assuming they're going to start are opening up Portillo's too. Portillo's, they were supposed to open baby. up at Portillo's in Apple Valley, and I was super oh, excited about it. There's all kinds of them all over the place but they, now. But they, they uh, are, yeah. canned it, and uh, something else is going in there instead. Oh, really? Yeah, I know. I was Isn't like, there one in Eden Prairie? There's one in Maple Grove. Maple Grove there is. We've there's been to that one. one in St. Paul, Woodbury. Woodbury yep. And I think there may be one in... I feel like there's more than I thought. Like maybe five. Good of them joint, around. Ralphie. You'd like that one. Portellos. Yep. Fast food. Good old fashioned uh, greasy food, man. Is it fast food? food? I mean, it's burgers Semi. and hot dogs, but they do have some salads and like, you know. <laughs> just a, oh, a, to assuage your guilt feelings. Uh, that, that's a good that's a guilt feelings for There's that. There's a yeah, sad yeah. Caesar salad and iceberg lettuce with blue cheese and bacon on it. No, it, it, it's not like where they pre-make the food and stick it under heaters. They make your food fresh. Right. Um, well, they do that at McDonald's. They have the chocolate cake shake. Oh, the chocolate they cake They do that in and out. When are we going to get in and out? I don't know. in and out burger is phenomenal. in and outs rolling. It's going to roll out in Denver. Oh, really? It's getting close. It's moving east? It's moving oh, east. Boy. You know what I actually heard from a friend this morning? <laughs> and he was totally serious, by the way. I know this sounds ridiculous, but it's absolutely true. Forget about all those fast food joints. The best Bacon cheeseburger with barbecue beef on it 
is at the Holiday Station store on 77th <laughs> oh and God. Highway 100. <laughs> it's the best burger I've ever had. <laughs> no, so like, is those bur- the gas station burgers. Tell you, bad. he Gross. said it's the best burger he's ever had. Oh, greasy. Oh. I guess it's not. That's why I like it. It's not greasy. Oh, didn't we have a guest at 1230? Yeah, I got a oh, phone number, so right. we're going to call them. We're late. good to go. All right, all right. Matter of fact, we can take a break right now and get to our – we got two guests in a row looking forward. And thank you again to Don. Like I said, I don't think people can do better than listening to this show or the morning show where black and white people talk like normal people and friends and mm-hmm. actually like one another, love one another. Instead of this, you know, it's terrible that I'm a honky. God, I'm sick of that. It's terrible. It's so disingenuous. It's so phony. We'll be back right after this. Tom Bernard here with CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Great to have you here, Michael. Thanks, Tom. Always a pleasure to be with you. One thing we keep talking about is that North American Banking Company is a community bank. Why is that important? Well, two things. First, as a locally owned and operated bank, we move quickly for our customers when it matters most. You're not waiting for a loan decision to come out of state or making the decision right here at your home. Secondly, our customers appreciate the fact that we get to know them and understand their goals. For many of our customers, we're coaches, mentors, and sometimes sounding boards for their ideas. It's hard to get that from a big bank, but it's something we do just because it's Tuesday. Well, that sounds like a great way to do business. All of our employees are working to help meet your business needs. It's how we create loyalty. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company? A better banking experience. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. 2020 never looks so good. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. With 2020 upon us, it's time to ditch the contacts and pitch the glasses. Take it from me. It's one of the best things you can do for yourself in the new year. I've never looked back from having LASIK myself, and with Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, you can trust you're amongst the best in the business. Call 855-554-2020 or visit whitingclinic.com online to schedule your free LASIK consultation. The great people at Whiting Clinic will take fantastic care of you, just like they did for me. Call 855-554-2020 or visit whitingclinic.com online to schedule your free LASIK consultation. Imagine 2020 or better in 2020 and let 2020 be your best year yet with LASIK at Whiting Clinic. LASIK results may vary. Talk to your Whiting Clinic doctor about your individual outcome potential. Is this a maniac one? He's a maniac. All right, Alex, I'm going to give you the, the lowdown. The lowdown. That I got. Oh, boy. Uh, oh, the restaurant... The restaurant GV doesn't open until Wednesday, June 17th, which I, I think we said that. So it's a, it's a week from tomorrow. That opens. But then let me get this cooking, too. The pool actually opens I'm sure this Friday. All of the entire listenership wants to hear this. Well, no. It's, it's your son's birthday. Can we talk I about his birthday celebration? I still don't understand why the public pools can't be open, which just... Reduce capacity. I, plus, the fact there's chlorine in there. It's not gonna. Uh, is a virus the, gonna live in chlorine? It's being around outside. Piss so, on that. So, okay. Well, it, a kid's probably never gonna be cleaner when you uh, when you dunk them yeah. into a chlorinated pool. <laughs> right? Just, they're gonna come out. They're not gonna be all full of germs. That's at why that point. you have. To, that's why you have to change their bathing suit. You know, every year because it's all bleached and yeah, you know, falling absolutely. apart. So, 
so so how do we get this? So we get now. Let's let me just review just a little bit. We can't get the virus from surfaces. We can't get it if you wear a mask. It doesn't do any good. Yep. <laughs> healthy people don't transmit it. How are we getting this virus? I don't know. I don't. That's Old people. That's all no medications work. Nothing works. Nothing works. Well, somebody. We, I don't remember what doctor said that. They are the, one of the reasons why they're, the long-term care facilities are getting us about is is it is passed through feces. Did you say that last week? Well, that's that was that was an insinuation when it first came across. <clears throat> oh, uh, so, but we don't know that either. The, if, if through feces, well, it could. Well, people are washing their hands or for, for taking feces from room to room. No, they that's wash what their I, hands. Well, I actually do that. I'm going to ask Deborah well, McKenzie about it. time to time. Yeah, exactly. From time to time, I carry I a turd like around I said, with me. Yeah. It's just like, you know, the models. It'll it'll kill between zero and two million people. Yeah. It's yeah. like, what does it mean? Well, it, if you compare it to the 19th. Oh, we have our guest? I believe so. Oh, I did not know. Deborah. Is she there? Hello. Hi, Deborah. How are you? Oh, not bad. How are you? Not bad. We got a little discussion going between my wife and Dr. Uh, Basham, <laughs> and I need you to jump in. The book is called COVID-19, The Pandemic That Never Should Have Happened, no. and How to Stop the Next One, Deborah McKenzie. So we have Catherine, Dr. Ralph Basham, and Deborah McKenzie. I love it. I'm going to sit back and listen. Uh, may I ask if Dr. Ralph Basham is a medical doctor or another kind? He's a he's a doctor of rock and roll. He's a doctor. Of rock and roll. No, he is a medical he's doctor. A medical, just kidding. He's a surgeon. Oh. Okay. I mean, in my world, there's lots of different kinds. You know. Yes, absolutely. That's right. And and the PhDs, I always have greater respect for than the MDs. It's a different. <laughs> it's oh a, it's, a, it's a that's a different mental discipline, and I respect I them know. more. You bump up her volume a little bit, bit. Deborah McKenzie. I, I I want you to take over, Deborah. You could, Catherine and 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 Dr. Basham can comment, but I'd love to hear your take on this. I love COVID nineteen, the pandemic that never should have happened, and how to stop the next one. We are all ears, Ms. McKenzie. Well, what do you want to hear? Well, what, I want to hear how we're going to get through this and not have to put up with any more people lying just for political reasons. Well, you know, I heard a bunch of things that you were saying a minute ago, um, some of which I, I came sort of like into the middle of it, so I couldn't tell if you were joking or not. But uh, I, I don't think you're mostly getting this from old people. I think you're getting it from a lot of younger people who have it and aren't very sick or really aren't very sick at all. You know, sometimes not even showing symptoms. Um, in many cases, you're not getting it mostly from feces. You can find it there, but it's not clear that that's, you know, live virus mostly getting it from droplets that are tossed or coughed out. Um, you know, the, the epidemiology is fairly clear on this. Mm-hmm. Now, you say it should have never happened. Yes. What do, What do you mean by that? Well, basically, we knew that these viruses posed a threat. We knew about the viruses. They weren't a surprise. Scientists had found them. They knew they lived in these particular kinds of bats. We could just have stayed away from the bats, you know? Um, <laughs> That's and true. Encounter the virus. It, it's just, yeah, but it was kind of business as usual for, you know, um, people who, who do encounter the bats. I mean, they're used to various things in China. Also, in many cases, you know, people are really poor and they're having to scrape a living out of forests any way they can. And if that means, you know, catching bats from the woods for some kind of alleged medical benefit, um, you know, if they can make money doing it, hey, you know, if, if you're poor, you do that. Um, and that's how this kind of thing happens. Uh, and, and, you know, that's something we have to 
put a, a stop to generally. I mean, not just in China. It's because people are that poor. You can't ban it. Right. People can use it to somehow scrape a living. So, you know, that's kind of a root problem. But we did know those viruses were there, you know. And, you know, once it got into humans, I'm not sure. We sure could have tried earlier to keep it, you know, keep a lid on it. But <coughs> I'm not sure we could have totally kept a lid on it. It's a slippery virus, as we all know. Yeah, do you think the Chinese did uh, some of this intentionally, not re- you know revealing information that we could have used in the beginning? Because I know that... Uh, these two parties, the Republicans and the Democrats, and I'm pretty much uh, in, in the middle. I don't really, I'm not a member of either party. But they sure do like to blame each other for it when it seems very clear to me that China and the WHO were the ones that covered it up at first, did they not? Well, no, the WHO did not cover it up. Um, they were desperately trying to keep China on board. China's pretty powerful. Right, and right. And the last time we had an outbreak like that was 2002, 2003, when the SARS virus hit very closely virus, to, you know, go back to the theme of we knew about these things. Um, but when that one got out, you know, China just refused to play ball. It was a different country then. It wasn't as prosperous as it, is, as it is now. It was still pretty secretive. It was sort of recovering from the Mao era. And, and it just didn't let anybody know anything for a while. To begin with, China was fairly open in letting people know what was going on. They did withhold one kind of crucial fact. But the WHO was polite to them in public uh, because it definitely needed keep them at the table and keep them talking. It would have hurt everybody if they said, oh, well, uh-huh. we're not going to bother telling you things anymore. So, you know, it's diplomacy. They're an international agency. That's the name right. of the game. You know, they could have tried being more forceful, but, you know, they were the ones involved. Some of those are pretty smart guys. And, you know, if, if they said stuff, I probably they, they were scared that they were going to lose more than they gained by being, you know, more forceful. Who knows what they were saying behind the scenes. But I, somebody in China just decided, look, let's just try and keep this quiet. We'll just try and get everybody in hospital and maybe keep a lid on it. I don't know what they were thinking. They'll be analyzing that for generations to come. But for some reason, for a crucial few weeks, you know, they didn't let everybody know, look, this thing goes person to person. You guys have to know. They just weren't, you know, telling people that. When you look at it, uh, the outbreak of SARS, and when you say that was, it was 2007? No, 2002 was when it broke out, and then it kind of went on a bit of a worldwide excursion in 2003. So in in 2002, uh, we had a virus, very serious, uh, a higher, you know, very high mortality rate, which was a coronavirus. Then there was the MERS outbreak, which was a coronavirus. And we've had 18 years since the first one. Shouldn't we we be further along in developing... Uh, some sort of an immunization for this because of, it was an obvious known threat for a long time. And yep. wh- wh- why, why, why did the World Health Organization kind of drag its feet and not do that? Because I, I've, uh, I, it's, it's not a drug developer. It's, it's an international health agency. Yeah. Yeah, but that. I mean, but sh- that, sorry, go ahead. Shouldn't they take? Well, their international health agency, and aren't they kind of responsible for leadership as an international agency to try to guide? use some of their funding to guide this sort of thing to achieve uh, a solution to the problem because we want to solve the problem rather than that. You know, I guess I, I, I'm, I'm skeptical of them because they really drug their feet for about six months in the first Ebola epidemic. It was reported in January. Yeah. They did nothing yeah. until June. Yeah. You know what? You know what happened there? There was this one guy there who really just should not have been in that position. He wasn't, he wasn't a good guy in an emergency, really. He was really overly cautious. I, I knew who it was. I won't say who. 
but um, he was just the wrong place, guy in the wrong place. And because the WHO is run on such a shoestring, I mean, it really is. It, it's got a third of the funding of the CDC. And the CDC doesn't really have the planet to look after. Right. The WHO does. Um, and basically, you know, every, and it was, it's a very hierarchical organization. A lot of international agencies get that way. And, you know, it all had to go through this one guy, and the one guy said, oh, I don't think it's a problem. I'm not going to try and offend anybody by, you know, talking this one up. And the guys in the field were tearing their hair out, hair out screaming and going, this is bad, we've got to do something. And, and this one guy just kind of stopped things. And the director general at the time wasn't one to go down Saturday night to the troops, talk to the people in the field and find out herself what was going on. So it was just a, a, a perfect storm. It was bad. I'm not excusing it. But, you know, if, if the WHO wasn't run on such a, a shoestring, maybe there have been a bit more redundancy. Maybe there have been a few more officials sort of in, in the kind of like chain of command that, that could have seen what was going on. In, in the event, they, they brought a guy in to manage it and turned it around within a month and, and really made all the difference, although, you know, it was the last possible minute. Um, but, you know, if, if you underfund an agency like that, if you give it way less money than it needs to do what you're asking it to do, stuff like that is going to happen. I, I'm not excusing it. I'm, I'm just saying if we analyze why it happens, we see what has to be done. We have to make this thing into an effective agency one way or another. I mean, I got my beef into the way, Joe. I cover them. You know? <laughs> the journalists, they, they've got problems they need to fix. But, you know, you, you, there's only so much you can do when, you know, they say, oh, well, what you're doing, build on an entire emergency agency. Oh, and by the way, we're cutting, you know, as of the 2008-2009 financial crisis, we're, we're cutting your um, um, funding another 12%, yeah, which is what happened. There you have it. There's so much you can do. No, you're absolutely right. I would say this, that we, we should remind everybody about the WHO got, I believe, about 85 to 90% of their money from America, and everybody else just kicked in a little bit because they just didn't feel like funding it. It's not 90% of the money at all. Um, it's, uh, oh, God, let me think. I'm sorry. I, I just can't remember the numbers off the top of my head, but it, it was 25 at one point. It's less than that now. I think it's more like 15 or 20% of their total, which is a lot for one country. It's a lot for um, one country. To give you an idea, if, if the state pulls out, that kind of leaves um, uh, Bill Gates as one of the major funders. Yeah, Bill Gates is uh, one of the major funders, exactly. Yeah, I guess what Deborah was talking about American money because almost all of the money is American money, whether no matter where it comes from. Deborah McKenzie, the book is available everywhere on Amazon, of course. COVID nineteen, the pandemic that never should have happened, and how to stop the next one. Ms. McKenzie, thank you very much for for your time today. Have a good day. Ah, have a good day yourself. Thanks. Bye. It's the first time I've ever interviewed someone in an iron lung. I thought, I thought <laughs> it was uh, directly on a ghost line. Oh, I was like, it was, was so like, weird. Like, yeah. It was like feedback. Very or something. iron lung off. Strange. Boy, the title of her book does not lead you to where she actually thinks, does it? Well, yeah, it was like COVID. Well, from what I understand is Put that your headphones on. We're not talking anymore. Yeah, we're still online. We are We'll be right back with <laughs> Catherine Brandt. <laughs> Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry this 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. 
Northern Metal Fab right off the interstate in Baldwin, Wisconsin is a custom job shop specializing in large-scale projects. Northern Metal Fab is now hiring for all positions, including welders, painters, and inspectors, to provide quality craftsmanship to their customers. Northern Metal Fab is growing, and their growth is your opportunity. Northern Metal Fab offers competitive pay, excellent benefits, and more. Apply online today at nmfinc.com. That's nmfinc.com. Northern Metal Fab is the equal opportunity employer. Uh, does this look like 10% to you right here? Oh, no. We've got to go look now. Judah, Judah. And who's second? The Gates Foundation. More America, right there. Oh, All right, Tom. Well, seriously. How you doing? Leave it be. Literally, We're back. 80% of the money they get is from the United States. He was 100% wrong. 80%. Therefore, you from heard me. the United States. All right. States. So, are you going to. Do we yeah, have Louis? Yeah, he's got it. Pop in a code, so we'll get Louis. Pop in a code. All right. Pop in code. a code. By the way, we can talk um, to Louis. The combination of uh, of the money that 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 is received just from the United States of America and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation comes to six hundred and fifty million dollars. Okay. Yeah. And then you can go down the list of other Americans that kick in dough and all the rest of it. Here's what I love. The United Arab Emirates. Yeah. You know that what they kick in? Nope. A thousand dollars. Wow, and they've got money to burn. They do have money to burn, but they they're not not in any mood to be funding anything apparently. Well, uh, is it by population? Because there's not a lot of people that live in the UA. No, it's 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 basically most of it is is voluntary. It's voluntary stuff, so I don't know. Yeah, the United States shelled out so much money to WHO, is unbelievable. I think we have Louie on now. Oh, Louie, Louie. Are you oh, there? Oh, baby. Hey, guys. What's up, Louie? Jeez, haven't heard your voice in a long hey, time. Guys. What are you doing? I'm good. I'm trying. I'm having a little trouble with my uh, phone. Can you Can you hear me? We can hear you. Can you hear us? You sound fine here. I'm just going to get my uh... myopathy. You got to love technology. So he can't hear us at all. Oh, he can. Well, he's not responding. I I can hear you guys. (laughs) He's playing with his phone or something. (laughs) This is a new platform we're trying to... I can hear you guys. Oh, you can. Okay. Louie! Oh, he disappeared. I don't know if he's having a bad internet connection or what's yeah, going sure. on. Oh, Hopefully he'll pop back on. Oh, dear. That would be nice. Well, there's this new platform that a lot of people are using for interviews and stuff. Because with the whole COVID thing, everybody being locked down, people are trying to find new ways to keep, like, comedy going, shows, you know, right. podcasts going. And so, like, StreamYard and Zoom have been very huge. If he just called in, that would have been a much better signal. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I might just call Art and see if he can connect the call. Uh, I think I have Louie's number. I have Louie's number. <laughs> we all have Louie's number. There's no doubt about Unless it. Unless he blocked me like last time. Well, call Mr. Anderson. <laughs> just call Mr. Anderson. Try, where is he? He's in here somewhere. Yeah, just give him a call. We can pop him on. Yeah, we can try it that way. We got all the time in the world. Don't even worry about a thing. 
I think I got everything taken care of for the day. Don't I got this last right segment. There? I do. You want me to just... Hello? Oh, there, there he is. is. Hello. Louie. That sounds Much great. Much better. What's up? We were so desperate, we almost made a regular phone call. <laughs> uh, I was going to myself because I go, oh, my God, I got to call these guys. So what's the but When are you coming to town, Pally? You know, I haven't, you know, I'm terrified of going out there. I'm, I'm so vulnerable to this virus still. You know, I have high blood pressure. I'm overweight. I got a, a you know, a little bit of asthma. I just feel so vulnerable. I, I, I haven't really gone out much. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I really would love to be out and participate in a lot of things that are going on. But I just... Uh, I just am too vulnerable, and I don't know if I'm just being a big Freddy cat or just being smart. Well, no, I mean, if you if you have a couple of situations that would make you more likely to be affected yeah, by this, I wouldn't sure. go out either. Yeah, I mean, how are you, you know, like, how is it in Minnesota? Are people out and about? Uh, no, uh, they're not just, yet. They're just opening up. Uh, the, we're open for dining if it's on a patio, but next week they're opening up for... 50% capacity mm -hmm. in the restaurants, um, some of the salons. Are, everything's by appointment, though. You have to, like, have an appointment. If you ha if you do have an appointment, you have to sit in your car and call them, and then they have to bring you in, and it's just like, it's it's like, I don't even want to do yeah. that. It's too much work. <laughs> yeah, it's, 60 it's miles hard. away, you can do whatever you want. I did get an 60 email. 60 miles away. Well, that Wisconsin. Acme's opening up. So, they are, yeah. Yeah, the comedy open. clubs are going to oh, start slowly yeah. opening up. I don't know if I think it'd be great to have five people in the audience. Be, <laughs> I know. Yeah. Be fantastic. I, I think they're limiting the capacity yeah. of people. It's just, it's just like when you start out. It's very similar. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody shows yeah. up. Yeah. Hey, everybody. How you doing, huh? Hey. You do, that, you do that fake, you know. Hey, what a great... Five people. <laughs> <laughs> One of those sad 2 a.m. comedy. And usually comedy three of them are there for the $2 taco night. <laughs> yeah. People are asleep on the table because they're so hammered. <laughs> Who doesn't want to go to $2 taco night? $2 taco, baby. You know, I have a friend that went to, in New York City, and I can't remember where it was. He went to a comedy show. He was the first one to get there. Mm -hmm. He was also the last one to get there. <laughs> They came on and said, oh, we'll, we'll, still, we'll still do the show for you if you want. He goes, no, 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 no. I'm not going to be the only one in the audience judging what's funny. He just got up and left. Yeah. One person yeah, showed I'm, up in New York. That oh, would be God. very sad. Yes. You know, but when I started out in 1901. <laughs> um, 1901, sure. At, yeah, at the comedy store, honest to God, I was the first act after the MC. And there were two, oftentimes two to four people there. Oh. And I say, I say that was probably the best thing that could have ever happened to me. Really? Because the pressure yeah, I got tough on it. I, my goal was to make those people laugh. And yep. I, I wanted them to be, you know, I wanted them to, I go, listen, I, my act's really good in my head, you know. Mm -hmm. And so I said, I'm going to perform it as if, this is a big crowd. So then when I got a decent crowd, I think I was better, sharper, more on point, and less afraid of who was laughing and yeah. who wasn't. I was so thrilled. I bet you that's you know, true. I think, mm -hmm. I think if you're good at what you do, I think you're good at what you do. And yeah, Louis, yeah. And Louis, Rocky, is... Rocky said that. Yeah. <laughs> 
Hey, Louis, Ralph Basham here, Dr. Basham. And, Hi, Ralph. Oh, could, How are you? Oh, better since I've heard your voice. You know that, always. You I know want that. you to know my breasts are really coming in full. <laughs> are they perky? <laughs> They're so perky. I'm telling you. Perky, perky Louis. But, but, it, but it's refreshing to, for you to say that your goal when you started out was to make people laugh. And that you would you right. would do everything you can to try to focus and get that job done, as opposed to making commentary or making trying to make political change through what you're saying. Not that you don't or haven't, but it's the kind of thing. Is the goal is to make people laugh, and you should be able to use whatever information, words, and and subjects that you choose to make people laugh, because it's so important for one to feel good and also to be introspective about learning about yourself and what people are saying. Well, I mean, you know, the whole thing was more like survival, though, right? Which, <laughs> which is what what you're saying is right. But listen, I never knew who was watching the owner, and I wanted to get, I wanted to not have the first spot open. But I got so good at it that they put me in that spot because, well, Louie won't mind because everybody else was yelling about having that spot. Mm-hmm. But it paid off. This is forty. What is it? Forty-two years. Uh, starting out right there in Minneapolis, not far from where you guys are at Mickey Finn, yep. and still, still doing it. And the amazing thing during the pandemic, I probably have had more contact with radio, uh, TV, and different shows than I would if I was not, because you know you got to be able to know how to do this, where you're not going to get the response from the audience. And I think it all goes all the way back those first days when there weren't any people in the show. You're probably right about that because I just, you know, the first things, well, I can't exactly tell you what the, my very first time on the air anywhere was at KDAN in St. Paul. A little 500-watt daytimer had no listeners at all. And I go on the air and I, you know, with my raspy voice and I was still a little bit uh, urban at that time. (laughs) <clears throat> and I go. It was it was a country station, country and western music, right? Which you love. Which I just you know really fit <laughs> in perfectly. So I do a, for my first break ever on the radio anywhere, and the phones light up, and I'm like, oh, they love me. This is the greatest thing ever. Oh my god! And I have to change one word. I have to lighten the load on one word here. <clears throat> but I answer when I go K D A N, and I hear and I quote. Get that Negro off the air. <laughs> Only he didn't say Negro. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That was my first phone oh my call God. I ever took <laughs> my in radio. God. So we had the inauspicious beginning there. You with two people and me with one guy who thought I was, uh, I don't know. I don't know who the hell he th- thought I was, but apparently my voice didn't fit with country music as far as he was concerned. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Before Charlie Pride. Do you Pride. think that? How yeah. many years ago was that, Tom? How many years ago was that? That was 1970, 50 years ago. Oh, my God. Is that amazing? It is. That for 50 years, uh, people have been calling up and saying, get that guy off the air. <laughs> <laughs> it has never stopped. It never stopped. That's exactly right. Get that guy off the air. You know, because if they're, if you're loved or if you're hated, there's money in it. <laughs> oh, yeah. You got that right. It's very true. A nice little balance uh, yeah. would be nice, though. Yeah, it, it would be. How is everybody? Is everyone well? 
Yep, Andy yeah. is up uh, on, a, on a houseboat right now. <laughs> yeah, listen fishing. to this, Chloe. He's fishing. <laughs> Andy, Andy is up way up north fishing on oh, a houseboat. Oh, oh I didn't God. know they were fishing. There's yeah, fishing, fishing and houseboating. Oh. Yeah. Oh. And he said, yeah. "I'm gonna hate every minute." Of Don't it. say that. He'll get back to his wife. Yeah. Jesus. I'm pretty sure he said that right sure in front of her. Yeah. Oh, he did. Uh, yes, never, he mi- did. never mind. Pretty then. sure she's aware of his feelings about never these things. Never mind. Yeah, he's, he's embracing the fact that he's got in-laws now. Alex. I love your Instagram. Oh, thank you. It's so good. So fun and. And and it's great. It's great. It's always refreshing. It's completely original. Thank you. What is it? I don't even know about this. You don't even know what Instagram is, do you? I don't go on social media. <laughs> I'm not very popular oh. on no. social media. I have a, no. I have well, a, I mean, get I that guy social media. <laughs> I mean, I think people look forward to what you have to say, and especially, you know, the way you raise your kids and the, how much you love them and how much you, you sometimes probably, I don't want to say dislike them but how crazy they how crazy they make you and so it's been entertaining and fun and i i i'm sure i'm not the only person who feels that way thank you so her son sage's birthday you know fawny just had her fourth birthday a couple of weeks ago and now sagey's birthday is this saturday they were at the house last night and there are these little spray bottles that Catherine uses to spray the flowers you know spray water on the flowers Mm-hmm. Not quite two-year-old Sage walks up to me, looks at me, he's got the spray bottle, he looks at me, he goes, spray bop-bop, and sprayed me right in the face. <laughs> and he was following him around, and he was following him around going, spray butt, spray, spray butt. butt. <laughs> it was spraying my butt, spray butt, spray I mean, butt. Wrong with that. It was wonderful, it was terrific. Well, he could tell that, you know, you're wilting a little bit after a hard day. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was it was wilting. Kind of exactly it was Tom. born yesterday. Tom, yeah. your butt is wilting. We need to spray it. <laughs> That's really great. You need to come to town as soon as you feel safe so we can go to dinner and we can sit face-to-face, which we I, haven't done in a long time And he time needs now. to plug his book yes. quickly. I would love that. Yeah. <laughs> He's now in paperback. And, yeah, I just have had a, you know, I really do miss, that's the one thing I miss is that, you know, going up there to La Grasa and getting myself a pasta. uh, (laughs) exactly (laughs) I love it but I I miss the contact and and hanging out and coming over to the house and spraying you in the face spraying me in the uh, face yes you were the first one to do that that's that's the cutest story though um, I miss you guys and I miss being in Minnesota I'm you know my my brother and my brother is. I lo- I'm sorry to bring this up. I didn't mean to like no, stumble on that, but just lost my brother, God. so that was a really big shock to me, and I couldn't go back for it, you know, because it just, oh, yeah. you know, it, it, but that was a really hard thing. But you know what? I, I really miss the friendliness of Minnesota and the love that's there for me, and and especially you guys who are who made it possible for me. To have more than two people in the audience. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Louie, we love you. Get back to town. We need to see love you. Love you, too. All right. All right. Love you guys. Thanks, Louie. All right. Bye-bye. Louie Anderson, ladies and gentlemen. His book is now in paperback. His books do very, very well. Yes. His mom book. He loves his mom. No doubt about yeah, it. I know. 
No doubt about it. That's going to do it. We'll talk to you tomorrow with the family. Okay, not 90.